Tideland's Health. Better health begins here. It's time for Better Health Radio, brought to you by Tideland's Health. Here's Bill Klaproth. Plantar fasciitis is one of the most common causes of heel pain. Now, who is most at risk and how can you treat it? Here to tell us is Dr. Will Whiteside, a physician at Tideland's Health. Dr. Whiteside, thanks for being on with us today. So what happens in the heel that causes this sharp stabbing pain of plantar fasciitis? Well, it's real common. It's, it's one of those common things we see, but basically it's an irritation of the band of tissue that runs from the bottom part of your heel all the way to your toes, and it's just an inflammatory process and uh, that can be very debilitating. Now, who is most at risk for this? Uh, you, the, the number one person at risk is typically kind of runners, but it's also very common in just people that stand on their feet a lot, and so it can happen in the everyday individual. Is this something that can go away on its own over time? Yes, it is. It just takes a long time is one of the key things that I try to emphasize to people. It can take up to a year before it's completely resolved, and that's after a year of kind of appropriate treatment. Oh, my. That would seem like yeah. a long time to yeah. deal with, with pain like that. So if someone has a mild case or they do have it, are there home treatments that you coach them on to try first? Yeah, there certainly are. I mean, it, it's, it's real simple. I mean, essentially it's the simple plan, but it's difficult to follow. But essentially it's calf and Achilles tendon uh, stretches, um, and you can do those at home. And I usually give people a handout, but sometimes I send them to formal physical therapy to help guide them. Um, initially. And then the other things you can do is just typical anti-inflammatories like Motrin, Advil, Aleve, those type of things. Um, And some over-the-counter art supports are kind of your first-line measures. And when is it time for someone to see a doctor? What time should, at what point in their pain level should they come see you? I I usually, you know, um, probably, you know, if a heel pain doesn't go away in about a month and uh, you've tried some of the home remedies and you've kind of looked at things over the internet and you think this is what you have or even if it's not and it doesn't go away you know about a month or it's debilitating you can't walk then I typically uh, would advise somebody to come and be seen. That would be a good one that that seems like that would be a good time to to come see you. So so what do you look for in a diagnosis to rule out that it's something else what are you looking for? Well a lot of times I I get I get foot x-rays in my office and uh, it can help rule out like a stress fracture of your heel bone, which can be confused sometimes. There's also some nerve entrapments uh, that can present with heel pain. And it's more of a, a lot of it's a diagnosis you make by you know, talking to the patient and uh, doing a good physical exam. And after you determine that it is plantar fasciitis, what is the normal treatment? You talked about Motrin, Advil, uh, shoe support, but after that, what is the, the next phase of treatment? So the, the next phase of treatment, if they don't get better with the home remedies, like I said before, I usually send them to formal physical therapy. You know, if they've tried stretching on their own and all that, I send them to formal physical therapy where they can essentially guide you in stretches. Some do manual massage techniques. There's also a technique called dry needling, uh, which is essentially similar to acupuncture, um, but that initiates an inflammatory and healing response in the heel that's kind of your next step. And then after that, you can get a cortisone injection into your heel. That's something we do in the office. And then there's also custom arch supports that you can go get or have an orthotist or somebody that makes inserts um, look at your feet and make those. But again, that can cost 
you know, three hundred dollars or so with the with the custom ones. And then there's also a splint people wear can wear at night uh, that keeps your foot stretched out. So those are kind of your second line measures, you know, as you're going along in the treatment phase for this. And then is there surgery for this too? Would that be your last line of treatment? Right, it is. And I, you know, and I, I try, you know, to do surgery only after they've been doing a, a year of treatment because most people, you know, 90% of people do get better, but it can take up to a year. And so, but the, there is certainly surgery for that. And, and there's several different varieties. Um, one's where you release the plantar fascia right at the heel. There's another type of surgery where you actually uh, release kind of the tissue that surrounds the calf muscle, um, you know, more more inside the calf area that can decrease the pressure on the heel. And those are kind of your surgical options. But typically that is that is only necessary after about a year. But again, 90% of people get better without surgery. And so it's kind of one of your last resorts, but, but surgery can be effective. So what is a normal recovery time frame with conservative treatments? So, so usually you can notice a difference in about a month if somebody's consistently doing their stretches for their calf and Achilles tendon. Um, but again, it can take a lot longer than that. Like I said, it can take up to a month or, or sorry, about a year before you fully recover. But if you're consistently doing your stretches, um, you can you can feel difference by about a month. But again, it, it takes a good bit of time. It's, it's a problem that comes on quick, but it, it just is a long recovery from something like that. Now, is this something you can get rid of completely? Yes, it is. It, it is something you can get rid of, um, but it's also something that can come back. Um, it's just it's related to having tight calves and Achilles muscles, essentially, and if you're up on your feet all the time, it can come back. But a lot of times, you know, it can be prevented and um, with good, a good stretching program. That was my next question. If you've had it once, you're you at higher risk for reoccurrence, and you just said that it is. So once you have it, you probably have to, to manage uh, yourself to try to avoid getting it again. Right, exactly. And, and you know, that, those are the kind of things you have to remember. You know, it's, it's kind of like a maintenance program for your car. you got to do your stretches uh, when you get up out of bed every morning and maybe at lunch and things like that. And a couple of other things that I kind of emphasize to my patients is, you know, keeping a healthy weight. Uh, wear, you know, good supportive shoes and uh, kind of don't overdo it, especially when you're running or playing sports or, you know, trying to, you know, do too much on the weekend. Um, you have to gradually get into those kind of activities. So for someone who has never had this before, is it a good idea to implement some of the exercises and lifestyle changes that you just talked about to ensure that you don't get this? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, in, in America, one of the big problems is everybody's weight. And, and obviously, keeping a healthy weight is good for your feet, just like it is for your heart and everything else. That's one thing. So the less weight you're carrying around on your, your body there, it transfers less weight to your feet. And so that, you know, keeps you healthy from that aspect. And then um, the other thing is, yeah, good, you know, good stretching program for your calf and Achilles. Those things can, can help you um, just kind of keep things at bay. And especially for runners, then, I would take it. It seems like they're more susceptible to this. So a runner probably want to, want to, really want to pay attention to these stretching exercises. Right, yeah, they just have so much impact on their on their heel with heel strike and everything else as they're running. Um, they are at risk just because they put a lot more, more uh, impact on their plantar fascia than the everyday person. But it can occur, you know, those folks that work all day long on hard surfaces, too, um, just the nature of the job. Absolutely. So, Dr. Whiteside, is there anything that I haven't asked you that we should know about plantar fasciitis? 
I think that um, I mean one of the one of the main things that you know I, I I try to emphasize to people is that you know you should try you know treatments for at least six months you know before you consider surgery if not a year which is my formal recommendation and um, but I, I think you know there's risk and benefits to surgery of course but usually like I said this, this can't this usually gets better but it could take up to a year and that's what I emphasize to my patients the first time I see them for this and it's very common I mean one in ten people have this. So usually I tell them, talk to their friends or relatives, um, sports partners, all that kind of thing. And because somebody's had it and it's, they call it heel pain, but it, it's very common and, uh, but it can get better. Well, that is very good news. That's for sure. Dr. Weissay, thank you so much for your time today. And why should someone choose Tidelands for their orthopedic needs? Well, I think we have a good comprehensive orthopedic care team. Uh, we take a patient-centered approach and um, we were actually recently named as a, one of America's 100 best orthopedic surgery centers uh, by HealthGrade. That's fantastic. Well, always good stuff at Highlands, and we appreciate your time today. For more information about Tidelands Health physicians, services, and facilities, visit TidelandsHealth.org. That's TidelandsHealth.org. This is Better Health Radio. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.